The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 83rd ever show of All Around Sports. We're each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Well, my highlight of the week is Josh Hamilton signing yesterday with the Angels, pairing him with Albert Pujols to have baseball's Two top sluggers together in a potential Babe Ruth-Lou Gehrig combination, which, if it works, will be a throwback to how the sport used to own America. Nothing captures the, Amer- the imagination of the American sporting public like baseball sluggers, as we witnessed in 1998 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in the home run race, even though they were on opposite teams. To have Hamilton and Pujols on the same team could be even better. So, throw in Mike Trout, and the term murderer's row could be back to uh, capture the American public as we haven't seen in a long, long time. Could make for a great summer. My low light of the week is the potential demise of the Big East as seven non-football Catholic schools appear ready to bolt. I grew up with the Big East. I cover the conference's football media day each August, <clears throat> and it would be very, very sad to see it dissolve like this. Uh, there's just been a new story coming out every week with the Big East, most of it bad, some of it good, with the addition of some, certain football schools. So it remains to be seen, but this one really, really looks ominous, and now it's uh, literally a matter of survival for the Big East. My bizarre story of the week is the demise of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, punctuated by last night's thrashing at the hands of the New York Knicks, uh, who Laker coach Mike D'Antoni coached last year and was fired from last year. Right off the bat, I think we should all remember that 
even though they've added new blood with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, this Lakers team, Meta World Peace, Paul Gasol, and obviously Kobe Bryant, uh, did not end well the last two seasons. Last year they were uh, beaten handily by the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs, and the year before, obviously, they were swept ignominiously by the Dallas Mavericks on their way to the championship. Uh, I realize there's injuries. Steve Nash uh, supposedly is now about to practice, and he hasn't played much, and Paul Gasol is also injured. But, you know, I don't think either are going to be the cure-all for the problems this team seems to be uh, experiencing. And, you know, it's just been really near comical, actually, where Kobe now needs to hold a daily press conference and hearing stuff today talking about the Washington Generals and uh, Dwight Howard, who is starting to show himself to be a cancer on any team that he is uh, a member of. <clears throat> you know, can't hit a free throw, so now it's uh, foul a Dwight strategy at the end of games, and uh, it's working very well because he's missing a big majority of them. So anyway, there's panic in Laker Nation. Uh, It has been bizarre to watch it unfold so quickly. There was a lot of uh, uh, negativity surrounding the hiring of D'Antoni, obviously with Phil Jackson in the background. So we'll see how it all turns out, but uh, for now, things are not good in Lakerland. Well, my event of the week that I attended was my first Army-Navy game last Saturday in Philadelphia, which I had discussed on my previous show. And as I stated then, it was very high on my lifetime bucket list, and it just totally exceeded expectations. In a nutshell, every American sports fan should attend at least one Army-Navy game in their lifetime. The whole scene, the whole weekend, really felt a lot like a a bit of a Super Bowl weekend, a mini Super Bowl weekend, shall we call it. Uh, Drove down to Philadelphia from Boston, crossed the Ben Franklin Bridge as soon as I pull up to my first stoplight last Friday afternoon, right about this time. Uh, What's right in front of me but a car with an Alaska license plate in downtown Philadelphia and army flags hanging from the roof. So I knew right then uh, I wasn't in Kansas anymore. And that was the beginning of what was just a fabulous weekend. On the way down, I tuned into Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, and lo and behold, they were broadcasting live from what they called Radio Row at the Philadelphia Convention Center. So I didn't know there was a Radio Row So I quickly threw my bags in my hotel and headed over to the convention center where indeed there were sports talk radio stations from across the country uh, set up in the convention center broadcasting live. It was great and talked to a number of people there and was invited to uh, back to what was the beginning of the annual gala for the Army-Navy game at the Philadelphia Convention Center. So I went back uh, what would have been about 6.30 in the evening Eastern time. Gala started at about 7, and 
it was just electric. And what happens is there is, uh, on each side of the main entrance, uh, there's the Army, Navy, there's the Army Band, cheerleaders and mascot. On the other side of the entrance is the Navy Band, cheerleaders and mascot. So as everybody is arriving at the gala in full dress gear, be it military men and women in uh, their absolute best dressy uniforms, women in evening gowns, and just civilians and soldiers of every type pouring into the Philadelphia Convention Center for the gala. Uh, the Army Navy, the Army band would play, and then the Navy band would play, and the cheerleaders are cheering, and they're just going back and forth, back and forth, one song after another, i.e. the Navy band would play, for instance, Anchors Away, and then after three, four minutes of that, then uh, the Army band would play When the Army Goes Rolling Along, and on and on and on, all kinds of different songs, and again, the people were arriving, and some in limos, and walking into the convention center into this just wild atmosphere. And uh, needless to say, the very first person to arrive to get kick off the evening was the most famous of them all, the 1963 Heisman Trophy winner, Roger Staubach from Navy. And uh, he just walked in, kicked it off, kicked off the evening basically. And, uh, and it was on from there. So... Just a great way to start the weekend. And next morning, I woke up last Saturday morning, uh, got out to the Lincoln Financial Field, spectacular stadium, by the way, at 11 a.m., 3 o'clock kickoff, but at around noontime, uh, began the traditional March On, which is, uh, this year it was Navy, they were the visiting team, so every... Midshipmen from Navy marches on the field in formation to music, and each of the company uh, and unit commanders are introduced with, along with their hometown, and they basically, there's thousands of them, and therefore they fill the entire field and do some cheers, and it's just absolutely spectacular. And then uh, that's followed a few minutes later by the Army cadets from West Point doing the exact same thing. They also fill the field. Then both uh, the Navy midshipmen, when they were done, of course, went to their seats, filling up one corner of the end zone. When the Army cadets were done with their march on, they filled up the other corner of the end zone, uh, both on the same end, uh, on either side of the goalpost with a couple fan sections in between. And again, just absolutely electric. And then the excitement really just started to, uh, to build as the fans just poured into the stadium, uh, packed sellout. No surprise. It always is. And one of the coolest things was just simply seeing the every imaginable military uniform, you know, known to man. It was just incredible, uh, to just see the array. Uh, of uniforms, you know, the military brass and their, uh, again, spectacular uniforms, many with medals from their heart to their waist. And uh, there's just simply nothing like it that I have ever seen in American sports and absolutely loved every minute of it.
I had a seat in the press box covering the game, and uh, but I was outside for a lot of this. Uh, didn't want to be in the uh, soundproofed press box for certainly the march-ons and then at various points during the game. I, uh, you know, went outside to soak up the atmosphere, the noise, which was incredible, leading to the end, of course. It was a fabulous game, as anybody who watched saw. And Navy, of course, won 10 in a row, uh, the most, the longest streak ever in the 113-year series of Army-Navy. Trent Steelman, the Army quarterback, uh, four-year starter, has never beaten Navy, and uh, Army went down to score and take the lead. Then Navy stormed back immediately. This is all with like five minutes to go or less. And uh, and basically, uh, Army got the ball back with a couple, about four minutes to go. Steelman, no surprise, took uh, Army down the field. They got to about the 12-yard line, minute to go, first down. I was positioned right in the end zone that Army was driving towards for the potential winning score. I was actually in the corner on the side of the field where Army had the ball, and uh, and then Trent Steelman fumbled. And we all know the rest of the story, the shots of him uh, crying on the sidelines, uh, you know, uh, played for a long, long time on CBS, following Steelman around the field as both sang the alma, both teams sang their alma, alma maters, and Navy, of course, sung second, which is happen, what happens with the winning team. And finally, what was really unique was just the total respect shown by all, you know, no trash talking, none of that. It was just, you know, fans, players, just total respect. Uh, and everybody wears their colors, trust me. There's no question who somebody's rooting for. It's either Army or Navy. They're, 90% of the crowd is wearing one or the other. Uh, no generic uh, dress here. And the best way to exhibit this total respect was uh, Navy coach, Head coach Ken Niamatololo talking post game uh, about Navy uh, about Army quarterback Trent Steelman. We should be all proud as Americans that that guy's going to protect our country. They don't get any tough in Trent Steelman. Four years um, starting at, the, at West Point Military Service Academy. You know, I know everybody in our locker room has a ton of respect for that. Nothing but respect for that. Guy. And, and and the Navy coach went on further to show his respect for the Army team in general. Great, great, great. You know, that's a very good offense. You know, they move the ball against everybody. They rush for a ton of yards versus everybody. They score a lot of points versus everybody. So I was very proud of our defense. You know, we kind of bent there, but we did great. Uh, we just continued to make them line up and snap the ball and play against So Very, very proud of the way our guys continue to battle to the end. And again, the way they played against the chance. And here was the Navy coach talking about the the streak, which now stands at 11 victories in a row for Navy uh, as a result of, of course, the fumbled exchange between Army quarterback Trent Steelman and his running back. Every time you think one game can't top the other, what do you mean? That's as exciting as it can get. 
we have this game. You know what I mean? But I don't have to get Brandon credit. Brandon kept saying, you just throw me the ball. I'll get it. You know what I mean? You know, to listen to him. He's played great throw by Keenan, but um, all the games are hard games. Uh, we're just grateful to come up with the W and come up on time. Did you talk to anyone in that? And on the other side of the ledger, uh, a star was born uh, last Saturday with uh, Navy quarterback Keenan Reynolds uh, directing the winning drive for Navy. And here is the Navy coach, Ken Niamatsololo, talking about his new star, quarterback Keenan Reynolds. I told people, if you can come in Air Force game down by eight in the fourth quarter, eight minutes left at their place, and have clear eyes and not miss a beat and not seem nervous. I don't know if you can be in a tougher situation. And so really this week, a lot of Coach Jasper coach him. I don't really say much to Keenan because the kid knows what he's doing. You know, the kid is a, a very, very good football player. He listens, well coachable. You know, his, his legacy would be, will he stay hungry and stay home? If he does those two things, that kid will go down has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had. But, um, kid made some huge throws. Guys made some big catches across the middle. Put it right on the money. Obviously, that throw to Brandon there was a huge throw. He made some big throws early on, but we had a chance to catch. You know what I mean? He gave guys a chance to catch the ball. So, you know, with their defense that they have, they're a high-pressure man-to-man team. You know, we're going to pick our spots and take some shots. We knew coming into it that they were going to muddy things up in the middle. But, um... We were hoping that we could make some plays on the outside, and you know, Brandon made, some, made that huge play that gives us a chance to win. And speaking of Navy quarterback Keenan Reynolds, voted the MVP of the game. Uh, here are his thoughts on the game at the post game press conference. Played the drive started. I, uh, I told the guys, like, this, this is the one. We got to pull down by the score. They all looked at me and they were like, let's go. So, uh, you know, I could have done without the guys in the squad. You know, Brandon came up with a huge catch, uh, made a big play for us. You know, he'd been hungry for the ball the whole game. I could see in his eyes that he wanted it. And he knew, I knew that uh, when he got his opportunity, he was going to make it count. And uh, couldn't come up with it. I think that's probably one of the biggest plays of the game. And uh, a huge turning point for us. And you know, Noah ran the ball extremely well this, this, uh, this game. And uh, he ran hard, held on to the football. And uh, I'm just so proud of my teammates, you know, without them. So, as I stated, the winning streak for Navy now stands at 11 games, the longest streak in the history of the 113-year series. And let's close with Navy coach or Navy quarterback and MVP of the game, Keenan Reynolds, talking about the streak. Uh, I know I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to end here. I didn't want the streak to end. And I knew, like I said, these singers were so hard, and they, they wanted the CIC. So, uh, you know, I just put that together and tried to play as hard as I could and do my job to the best of my abilities. the Air Force game. So in closing, Army-Navy game, one of the great sports experiences of my lifetime and one that every American sports fan should do at least once in their lifetime. So as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. He'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, how are you doing today? I'm great, John. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, my, in my previous segment, I talked about the Army-Navy game. And, uh, you know, I was at the end zone that Army was driving for towards for the potential winning score. And I got to say that play, Lincoln Financial Field was absolutely shaking. And I had chills up my back. One of the great things, uh, sports moments, I've ever experienced, and uh, I know you've been to one, too. Uh, what are your memories? It was a long time ago. It was uh, actually back when I was a, a freshman in college. A buddy of mine from high school um, went to the U.S. Naval Academy, and I went, went with him and his family. And uh, that was back to say how long ago it was. It was the old JFK Stadium. Uh, you know, There was no Lincoln Financial Field, and uh, that's where the game was. It was you know, near the, the near, near where the... Um, where the uh, now the Wells Fargo Arena, but uh, that wasn't even there then. Um, the the um, Citizen Bank Ballpark wasn't there then. Back then, it was just the just the vet. It was the Spectrum, and it was J- old JFK Stadium. It was an old horseshoe concrete stadium. So uh, yeah, it was great, and and you know it was just a tremendous experience. And 
you know, I've got also got to see Army play a couple of times, other games over the years. I remember one time I went to, uh, to the Meadowlands to see Army play Notre Dame, and that was quite a contest. That was, uh, that was later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 and, and I think with this game, the pageantry aside and, you know, the, all the tradition aside, it was a hell of a football game. And it just yes, kind of went, and it just really went down to the very end. I mean, really, I, I think if you were going to take an Army Navy game of the series to go to, I mean, you, you, you nailed it. I mean, it was just, not only do you have all the pomp and all the circumstance and all the tradition, which befits any Army Navy game of any year at any time in any place, but, you know, just the way that game ended, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I think it was as captivating as an Army Navy game as, as, as I can really remember. I mean, you might, you might just go so far as call this an instant classic, I think. It was just, it was just that good a game, so dramatic and, you know, uh, you know, AP obviously a dominated Army in, in, the, in the past several years, but, uh, you know, Army was moving. They were going to score that, they were going to score that touchdown to go ahead and it just didn't happen for them. And, you know, you, you got to feel sorry for, for Trent Spielman and for the Army team, but, you know, wow, what a game. I mean, it was just, uh, like I said, you, you, when you, when you add all that, all the history and everything else that goes with it, with the fact that it was just, you know, maybe one of the best football games of the year and, and uh, you know, and, and we've seen, you know, forget, Division, forget who you're playing, you know, forget SEC, forget Pac-10, whatever, Pac-12, whatever, you know, it was just a tremendous football game. Well said, Barry, uh, and I can truly say, you know, it was one of the, uh, the emotion in that stadium was as good as just about anything I have ever uh, been part of in my sports viewing career, and uh, yeah, so I just feel, you know, totally lucky to have been there, and uh you're right. I, I did. I, I just, uh, I nailed it. I picked the right year to go. And, uh, you know, bottom line, it should just be on every American sports fan's bucket list. Uh, I've been to a Masters practice round. It's right there with the Masters and the Kentucky Derby. I've not been to a Derby. That's yet to come, I hope. Uh, but it, it's a bucket list item for any sports fan. That's it, period. Uh, and you saw it in the old JFK, which, of course, uh, was a hundred thousand plus people, so there's always, you know, you know. I get as much as I love the link, I would have also have immensely enjoyed seeing one in JFK Stadium because that's the stadium I associate this game with. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really tremendous, and you know, uh, just just it just seeing all the cadets, all the midshipmen, and you know, they stand throughout the whole game and. And the cheer, yep. and you know, it's just it was just an amazing experience. It really is. And like, like I said, you know, as 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 I, I think if, if I would have attended that game last week, that would that would have been easily one of one of my top, if not the top, uh, live sporting event that I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, that would go right alongside for me. Um, you know, the, the Grand Slam single game in 1990 on LCS between the Mets and the Braves, and the game. Uh, at the Garden, when Michael Jordan did Michael Jordan's comeback, when he dropped in 55 points in the Knicks at the Garden. I mean, I think those two, for me, are, are my top live sporting events of all time. But this would have been right up there with both of them, absolutely. Yes, well, you're correct because it's in my top five for sure. And uh, yeah, you know, another uh, speaking of top five. Uh, <laughs> There is what I consider to be a, a, another one potentially looming for me this Sunday night. I, I have a feeling that this uh, Patriots 49ers game is going to be really, really something special. No way 
Is it going to be a blowout like we what, what the Patriots did to the Texans on Monday night? The 49ers just won't allow that to happen. I don't think the Patriots or any team can, you know, put a performance like they put uh, on the Texans two weeks in a row, literally on a short week to boot. Um, I'm very excited. I, I think that this has potential. You know, obviously it's a potential Super Bowl preview. The Niners are nasty. You know, they're physical. They're tough. Uh, Brady has an Achilles heel, like uh, just about every quarterback. It's, you know, when he's rushed hard and the Niners are going to rush hard because obviously the Texans didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a super game. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the schedule this week, and, you know, we talked about this briefly uh, off air, but, you know, there are there are six games that jump out at you, that six games that easily could be the game of the week if they were to take take place in any other week. But, you know, you've got uh, you've got maybe the best weekend uh, of NFL football, you know, right in front of us. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, the game that you mentioned, certainly the, 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 the Niners and Patriots, Patriots after what they did to the Texans last week, which I don't know if anybody really saw it coming. Certainly the Texans didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's sure. just pretty much cements, you know, the Patriots, uh, as, you know, as, as clear, clear Super Bowl contenders, you know, if not one of the top teams in football and what they did to the Texans. Um, you know, you've got some tremendous games this week. You know, uh, you've got the Giants playing at the Falcons. You've got the, you know, Packers and the Bears both fighting for their playoff lives. You've got the, another intriguing team, another intriguing game, the, the Broncos. And Ravens, that's a really good game. Uh, you know, there's Cowboys, as you mentioned before. And also, uh, you know, uh, Colts-Texans. I mean, those are all, all, any one of those games that, that I just mentioned could, could easily be the, you know, the game of the week, you know, in any other week. But now you got all six of them in one week. And like, a, and, you know, really, I, I can't imagine, I can't think of all another week this year. We've got so many good games, many, um, you know, important implications going for this game. Well said, Barry. And, uh, you know, let's start, let's, uh, break them down. But first, uh, it's time for our break. And when we come back, I know you're sticking with us and we'll break down some of these games that you just talked about. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune in to Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hibbert, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And, uh, Barry, you and I closed the previous segment talking about the great slate of NFL games coming up this weekend. And... Before we get into them, let's talk about, uh, you know, the news that Roger, Commissioner Roger Goodell floated out there the other day at the owners meetings in Dallas, which was, uh, that they're considering expansion of the number of teams in the playoffs. Right now there are 12, considering going, he floated out the possibility of going up to 14, if not even 16 teams in the 32 team NFL. Um, it was interesting the way it just got floated out there to me, and, you know, it basically just made me think of something I said on this show a while back, and I'm going to reiterate it again, which is, in my mind, a certainty that through some combination of reducing the number of preseason games, increasing the number of regular season games, we're all familiar with the talk about eighteen an 18-game schedule, and now adding a round or two of playoff rounds, uh, games, Super Bowl will, in the not-too-distant future, I guarantee it, be played on President's Day weekend, with the build, a three-day weekend with the built-in Monday holiday for America to recover. And trust me when I say the NFL will not rest until this is a reality. Yeah, you know, I know what that's a, that, that, that's a great proposal. I could see that happening because, you know, really, the, the, the Super Bowl you know, is a de facto national holiday anyway. So, you right. know, why not combine it with President's Day and kind of make it official? I, I, I like that. And, you know, um, I, I would be all for, you know, if, if you don't want to water down the playoffs too much, but, you know, if you want to, if you want to say take away one preseason game and replace that with one more round of playoffs, hey, you know, let's go for it. You know, I, I, I like the sound of that. And I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly, you know, with the status that the NFL has, uh, you know, in this country, uh, you know, people just, you know, I just think people go nuts for football and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's everybody's favorite sport. So, you know, why not, why not, why not keep it going? Why not take it to that next level? You know, I, you know again, you know, you kind of get afraid of, of, you know, letting too many teams in the playoffs, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it would really hurt that much. We'd keep more teams involved. We'd keep more teams in the conversation and, uh, I have no problem with that, really. I would love it. Yeah, I really would. I mean, February is already a wasteland for sports. Nothing happening. And, uh, again, you know, up here in the Northeast and in a lot of places across America, you know, that's the beginning of school vacation week. 
can't imagine a better way to start the week than uh, than Super Bowl weekend to start a, a vacation week where you know many many people would be uh, literally at uh, on vacation to, for Super Bowl weekend and uh, as, at the begin you know to start a vacation and uh, so I just think again you know it's it's inevitable and yes I, I would vote tomorrow to immediately eliminate a preseason game and add at least one round of the playoffs, go up to 14 teams, at least, you know, one more weekend, shall we say, and, you know, start there and then uh, see how that goes. And, again, I, I know we're going to get to uh, President's Day weekend uh, in the next few years. And to me, the sooner the better. And uh, just think how – Many more games there would be even this weekend. Right now we have six that are all ultra playoff worthy and dramatic. And, you know, if we had this, we had 14 teams, if not 16, uh, we'd have even more games to talk about. But, you know, right off the bat, I mentioned the Sunday night Patriots 49ers. That's, uh, you know, the marquee game and a weekend of marquee games, uh, First of all, our listeners across America should know the forecast is for snow. Not so much during the game per se, but it's going to be a snowy afternoon into the evening. The game's at 8.20 Eastern Time on NBC, as always. Um, so that's going to help. I mean, that's going to add, <clears throat> you know, some uh, atmosphere to the game, shall we say. And uh, then it's talk, they're talking about it turning into, you know, snow to rain, a bit of an unusual forecast for snow turning to rain as lightness turns to dark and typically it gets colder but in this case on sunday it's going to get uh warmer temperatures going to rise up to about 38 and of course uh you know you have to think are we talking freezing rain potentially so i i got the feeling it's going to be a pretty hairy uh weather night at foxborough on sunday night which will be caught which will be cool you know what? Cool. That's cool. There's no pun intended. But yeah, I mean, I think right. that <laughs> I I love watching games. I don't know about you, but I love watching games in bad weather. To me, it just me adds too. that extra element of, of drama, that extra element of you know who knows where this is going to go. Um, you know, I, I you know you, you I think we're both old enough to remember what I like to call the golden age of the NFL. You know, way back in the day when you know when games were played on uh, you know multi-purpose stadiums. Uh, you know, baseball infield was part of the, was part of the field, so you had these these de facto mud bowls, right? I mean, we all remember the pictures, you know, the old NFL films, um, you know, uh, broadcasts with you know the old you know, Packers and Browns games where you couldn't even tell what player was who at the end of the game. You know, the guys just covered in mud from head to toe, and yeah, I, I I'd love to see that again. I really would. I I I used to love back back in the days when I played football. We used to love playing in the mud. Um, and it was just, it was always fun to watch. And, you know, some of the iconic images from NFL history are of games are played in, in horrific weather conditions. I mean, you got the famous, uh, you got the famous, uh, Patriots game with the, um, with, with the, uh, when the, when the, when the prison inmate was riding the little, uh, the little shovel and the kind of threw a little pass for the Patriots to kick the winning field goal. You know, there's, there's a lot of legacy to these, these bad weather games, you remember a lot of these games, you know, mud bowls, all sorts of things, and of course, you know, the famous ice bowl. So, yeah, you know, you, you, you have that legacy uh, in NFL history of great games and bad weather, and I think those are the games a lot of people remember, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. Great point. 
You know, I, I think you could make a case that the snowball, the ice ball up in Green Bay, you know, was one of the key milestone moments in the history of the NFL's rise to popularity. Everybody was, every, all of America watched that game, it feels like. I mean, I don't know anybody of age who didn't watch that game. I personally was at the Snow Bowl in Foxborough, uh, the Tuck Rule game, and uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier about top five games that I've attended in my life, and that's, you know, uh, that will never be knocked off my top five list, no matter how many games I go to or Army Navy games or anything that, that that that's got a permanent spot. I'm not. We're not talking that for Sunday night. We're not talking anything snowball level, but we we are talking weather, and I think it's going to add a lot to the game. You know, one of the other intriguing games, and uh, I started thinking about it with uh, yesterday's arrival of Sports Illustrated, which did a great great article on Eli Manning, which of course got me to thinking about. What would be the greatest storyline we could possibly have for this NFL season? And in my mind, it's, of course, Eli versus Peyton in their hometown of New Orleans for the Super Bowl championship, which leads me right into, you know, the Broncos-Ravens game, which has a lot of juice, given that the uh, Ravens, in my mind, are falling apart. They fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Cam Cameron, in, what, week 14 or whatever, 13, uh kind of unheard of, and so that game to me, you know, and it has to do a lot with playoff seeding between the Broncos, Ravens, and of course Patriots, obviously playing a tough game Sunday night, that, you know, when we go to bed on Sunday, we may know who really is going to be the number two seed with the bye week in the uh, AFC. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned the the the, uh, the potential um, Eli versus Peyton uh, scenario of the Super Bowl. We had actually came up in the office the other night. You know, we're thinking, can you imagine how, what, you know, what, how great that would be, and, and what it would mean, you know, to have the you know two of the I- iconic quarterbacks in the league playing in their hometown of uh, of New Orleans, the, the you know brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. That would that would be tremendous. Yes, um, I agree. I, I think I think the Broncos uh, Ravens game is very intriguing. You know, again, it'll be full of intriguing games. Um, you, you know, Peyton Manning, who will, will easily, who really should easily be the comeback player of the year. I don't think there's, there's any question. I mean, you know, you can make, you know, some people could make a case for Adrian Peterson, but you, you, how can you not give it to Peyton Manning, right? I, I think you have to against, uh, against the Ravens who are really, you know, kind of, you know, trying to find themselves and, you know, kind of cement their, uh, their status, uh, in their division too. So I, I, I like that game a lot. I think, um, I think the Giants Falcons game is also going to be huge. Um, you know, the Giants playing on the road, they're, they're, they're terrific on the road against the, the Falcons who are undefeated at home. So, you know, there's a lot of juice to that game as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's really going to be great. I, I, I kind of like the Giants chances against the Falcons. I kind of like the Broncos chances of playing at Baltimore. Yes, well, this is a chance, I know, all intriguing. Uh, this is a chance for, it's not a playoff game, but when we all know the Falcon season is all about how are they going to perform in the playoffs, but this is a statement game just a few weeks in advance of the playoffs. How are the Falcons going to play against the defending champions in at home? And uh, with that said, you know, we have a couple more games we want to cover, so we'll take our break now, and I know you're sticking around with us on the other side, Barry.
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week you'll hear interviews with top athletes celebrities coaches and fans it's humor hits and conversation Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And, uh, Barry, we were breaking down some of the NFL's games from this uh, great-looking slate uh, coming up this weekend, and uh, yeah, Miami, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the 49ers-Patriots game on Sunday night, potential Super Bowl preview, but another great game is the Steelers-Cowboys must win for both teams, and I'm going to basically throw out the premise, I don't think there was a more shocking game in the entire NFL this season than what the Chargers did to the Steelers in Pittsburgh last Sunday. You know, you can make that case for sure. I mean, yeah, it was it, it was amazing. It was something that you know you really really didn't see happening. And uh, you know that's uh, you know that's why we say the the NFL is like a week to week league. You never really know what's going to happen. And you know you can you can you can do all the forecasting you want. You do all, all the prognostication you want. But you know it, 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 the game is the game is played. The other if you all knew what was going to happen, there'd be no reason to play any games, right? We just kind of figure out well. This team will win that game, and that team will win this game, and and you know this you know, these teams will have eleven and five records at the end of the season. But you know you, you have to go out and actually play the games, and and you know this is what can happen, and you know in in a, in a league that's a now league, uh, you know where we've seen 
you know, I think we've always seen that, uh, and even more so in the last two years, um, there's really not, not a whole lot of momentum, I don't think, in the NFL. It's, just, it, it's strictly week to week, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, we're you know, the, the time-honored act of any given Sunday, right? So, you know, anything can happen, and, and it usually does, really. Uh, so, you know, I think that's what we saw that week. But I, I, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, you've got two teams, you know, fighting essentially for the playoff lives. I mean, the winner will, you know, live to fight another day, and the loser, I think, will have a really, really hard time, uh, you know, fighting a path to the playoffs. So that, that, that should be a tremendous game. I agree with you, Steelers-Cowboys. You know, uh, one of the iconic, uh, you know, matchups from back in the day, but, uh, you know, you, you fast forward now, um, you know, certainly, uh, 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 to say it's a huge game for both teams is, uh, is really understanding it a lot, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, those are the two teams that, uh, played twice in the Super Bowl when I was growing up. So, you know, uh, it's a game with a lot of juice for people in Pittsburgh and Dallas, to put it mildly. And, you know, I had said before, uh, Roethlisberger got injured that I thought the Steelers were the team with that, uh, quote, Super Bowl look, as I like to say. And uh, then Roethlisberger gets injured and things don't go so well. But then they come back. They beat the Ravens with Charlie Batch. And they get their Palomalu and James Harrison back on defense. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. And, wow, it just all absolutely came crashing down in a way that, again, nobody could have ever expected. I mean, another of the weekly examples why I'm glad I'm not a betting man, because who wouldn't have bet the house on the Steelers on that game? And uh, so... Yeah, so you can't be... make any money betting on the school. You just can't. I mean, and, and yeah. anybody who thinks they can, I think, is a fool, because you just you just never you never know how these things are going to end up. That's why they play the game. Absolutely. So, uh, again, that's going to be great. I mean, the Cowboys, obviously, with the tragedy that occurred last weekend, still playing with heavy hearts. The game is in Dallas. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's one of the bigger, it's certainly one of the bigger games they've had down there in, in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a fabulous game to watch. And, uh, the, you know, the Steelers, uh, both teams are going to you know, show up to play in that one. And the other one that's intriguing to me as to, you know, how are they going to play, how are they going to rebound, i.e. the Steelers, is obviously, you know, the uh, Texans and the Colts. Uh, the Texans were just beyond embarrassed on national TV. I mean, this was this was their coming out party. They break out the high school letterman jackets. It's, you know, Monday night, television, national TV, everything was in place against, it was a measuring stick game, a statement game, it was all the cliches, and to say they laid an egg would be an understatement, uh, so, you know, the Colts are going to run into a buzzsaw, I think, I mean, if the Texans don't show up with a good game, then we can just forget about them, despite their 11-2 and record, uh, but yeah. the Colts, I can't, I can't count out the Colts, even in this game. Well, you know, I think in this situation, in this game, I mean, I think the Colts are in a good spot because I think all the pressure is going to be on Houston to rebound, you know, uh, from what happened to them last week. And, you know, uh, and, you know like you said, a huge chip on their shoulders playing at home. I think all the pressure is going to be on them to come back, come back and, you know, and play some semblance of a, of a good game in front of their home fans. And uh, I actually think this is a really good spot for the Colts because, uh, the Colts can take advantage of, of that the uh, that the Texans may have, 
and uh, you know, who, you know, who wouldn't be embarrassed coming off a game like that? Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the Texans need to come out, need to establish themselves, need to establish that that reestablish that defense that, that that just got embarrassed last week by the Patriots, and uh, it's it's all on them. Uh, it's all going to be uh, you know how they how they uh, how they react. Uh, to last week, and if they're able to to, to, to build on uh, you know, whatever adjustments they'll make from last week, or or maybe take the other approach, just forget about last week, just say, you know what, you know, as as Bill Belichick once famously once famously did, uh, bury the game ball uh, after after a bad loss. So yeah, maybe that maybe that maybe that's the way to go if you're the Texans. Just say, you know what, you know, it's a game we just forget about, chalk it up. Patriots were a great team to grasp them, but you know, let's get, let's get back to work this week. So you know, maybe maybe that's the attitude you take if you're the Texans. But uh, again, I think if you're the Colts, this is a really nice spot for them because all the focus is going to be not on you, but on on the team you're playing. So uh, you know, there's the potential there for the Colts to come in real loose, real relaxed, and just play their game and let uh, let Andrew Luck take them as far as they can go. You know, good analysis on that. Uh, I mean the. Uh... The legend of Andrew Luck would grow exponentially if he's able to win this game because obviously that would mean they might actually win the division and the Texan season would literally be falling apart before our very eyes. Uh, and then, and you have an interesting take. I just hadn't looked at it this way. I think my quick glance at this game just thought, oh, you know, Texans are going to rebound and they're going to kill them and that's that. But you make good points. Uh, there is a lot of pressure on the Texans and, uh, Let's say, you know, they didn't stand up very well to the pressure they had at the beginning of the week. Let's see how they do at the uh, beginning of next week, because it, it was woeful what they did. Well, the other, the other point about that game, too, is that, you know, last week you had Andre Johnson, the Texans, you know, going into the Patriots game saying, you know, this is the biggest, biggest game in franchise history. Well, you know, okay, you know, you come out and make a statement like that, and then you get killed the way they did. Like, okay, so what's this week then? You know, it's just, so you know, you know, maybe you're there, you, you might there, you, there might be a little uh, mental praying there around the edge. So you know, it'll be again, it'll be real interesting to see how they how they come out for that game against the Colts. That's a great point, uh, Andre Johnson, a beast, one of the best receivers uh, for years in the NFL. Doesn't say much yet. He comes out with this statement, and then his team plays horribly and. Uh, you know, finally, and we're down now to under a minute, but I liked what Brandon Marshall had to say about uh, not liking the Packers. I mean, this is what you got to love about NFL in December. You start to get this kind of stuff, and uh, I thought it was a great way to, you know, kick off the weekend, shall we say. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I, and I think, you know, that that's such an old-school approach, and that's, and that's the kind of approach that was, you know, really, you know, the... the Standard operating procedure back in the day, but uh, you know, I think today it's a little different because these guys make. I think part of it's because these guys make so much money, and these guys are all friends, and you know, they, you, you don't have that real hatred like you used to have. And you know, I, for personally, I'd like to see a lot more of that. I wish it were more that way than 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 the way it predominantly is now. I mean, you know, in the NBA, you got these guys you know hugging each other before games, they're all pals. And, yeah, I think that takes away a lot of it. I mean, you know, certainly in the NBA, it takes away the old, you know, how the, you know, the Lakers and Celtics hated each other back in the day. You know, they couldn't even, you know, look at each other, much less, you know, talk to each other or pretend to be friends. But, yeah, I mean, kudos to Brandon Marshall. I, I love that. And I, I, I would like to see more of that personally. I really would. Me too. Well, 
Great job, Barry. It's going to be a great weekend to watch football. And uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, great perspective as always. And uh, Voice America, as always, thank you for listening in. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.